Hey y'all, what's up? This is BB from Elaborate Bullshit Ideas, a full circle moment, and you are tuning into the BDGI podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the second episode of the BDGI podcast. I am one of your hosts, Sinyette, Stinny Boo Slim, whatever you want to call me. And I'm super excited to be back with another episode for you all. We have a special guest by the name of Michael King, and he is going to be here just talking about metaverse, NFTs, and everything of that nature. I really can't wait to see what he has in store for you all to explain and tell you all about it. Tristan. Yo, what's going on, everybody? I ain't gonna hold up too much of y'all time, like missing yet said. This is episode two of the BDGI podcast. So you know the vibes. We have a new host with us tonight as well as a great guest in Michael King. So like I said, I'm gonna let him, well, no, I didn't say that. So you get the gist though. I'm going to let our new host introduce <laughs> himself so y'all can get acquainted. And then we're going to get into our wonderful guest that we have today. Yo, what's up, everybody? My name is Nathaniel Payne. I go by Nate. I'm from Dothan. Grew up there most of my life. Moved to Montgomery. Came here. Chilling with friends. Living life, you know. Started working with Tristan. The job was going good. We were having good times. Our boss started <laughs> acting acting out of pocket you know <laughs> crazy crazy to do that we you know we'll have time for to discuss on another episode but crazy crazy but it was all good right now just chilling living life i love soccer i'm a soccer coach as well just going out being active you already know what to do for sure, for sure. For sure. and like i said man we have a very 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 special guest in today this is also the first white person we've had on the podcast. <laughs> so, you know, this is a very special episode, Let me add you all to the one, the only, Mr. Michael Keen. Whoa, what's up? I am honored. Thanks for the nice introduction there. I'm honored to be the first uh, white guest on the show. <laughs> no problem. Hey. So beautiful today. Well, thanks for having me, everybody. This is exciting. I'm I'm excited to chop it up. Of course, man. I can, I'm excited to have you on. This has been something we've been working on for a couple of months. I know we're behind on the eight ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Now we have been. Nah, it's all good. Yeah, man. I'm just glad to have you on, man. Somebody of your, somebody of your stature. Ah, that's nice of you to say. Of course, man. Yes. So, Michael, do you want to tell us about about your background, your upbringing? Sure. Yeah. I'm I'm from Northeast Philadelphia. I live down in South Florida now. I live near Miami. I've been down here for about 17 years. Probably a tiny bit older than you guys. I'm 42. I'm not you guys sound like you're a, a young crowd. Yes. <laughs> I you know, I grew up in Philadelphia. I went to Penn State University in 1997 to 01. And then I left Penn State. I was at when I moved to Florida, I actually became a ticket broker. So I was a ticket broker for about 17 years until the beginning of 2020 when the pandemic, you know, set in and live events kind of shut down. So that shut that down. And then, you know, I kind of didn't work for almost a year. And then February, 2021, 
I found the magical world of NFTs and the rest is history from there. I guess we'll go over some of that as we move on. Yeah, man. Really with NFTs, when I first found out about it, I thought, you know, it was kind of like a scam per se. Yeah. Just being very sketchy. <laughs> and a lot of people don't know about it. So basically, could you break down NFTs to us? Like explain it to us like you would explain it to a kindergartner, basically. Yeah. You're right. Sim the simplest way really to talk about it is digital ownership. You know, digital things are pretty new. They just came around, whatever it is, 20 years ago. A lot of people talk about Web 1, Web 2, Web 3. Web 1 is when you could write things. This was, you know, 97, 98, 96, 99, 2000. When, I mean, you can just go on the websites and read things. Uh, Web 2 is the advent of social media. MySpace, Facebook, Twitter, you know, that whole genre. Web3 now, we are, the, and, and in Web2, you know, Facebook owned all the content. Everything you posted, everything you created, you didn't own any of that, any of the art you posted, whatever it is. Now with Web3 and NFTs and blockchain technology, blockchain technology is a really important part of this and really the technology that's going to move this NFT world 5, 10, 15, 20 years into the future is blockchain technology. We can own our digital assets now, if that makes sense. So now you can own things digitally, show the world that you own them, verify that you own them, sell them verifiably. And that's, we're just at the, we're just scratching the surface. A lot of people look at them like pictures of JPEG, rats with a crack pipe in their mouth or whatever it is <laughs> but it's not just that it's really the the digital ownership digital assets is what people should really think about when it comes to nfts okay what i mean i understand the difference but why not just go get the painting or portrait in person per se instead of did like okay. what's so special about it being virtual yeah no for sure if you have a picture in person the only people that are ever going to see it are people that come to your house. Mm -hmm. And if you have the picture in your digital wallet, in your digital gallery, your metaverse gallery in two, three, four years from now, then everybody can see it. Let me try and think of a couple other analogies. Does anybody here play Fortnite or anything like that? And you, you see, and, and you buy, you bought things, right? Yeah. Digital things, but you didn't really own them. Fortnite owned them. Right. And they could take them and it could, you can't move them around. But now, so there's a, there's going to be a Fortnite's going to end up being NFTs. A lot of video game companies, you know, Microsoft bought, I, what was it? Activision or Blizzard something for $69 billion. One of these giant video game companies to bring them into web three with NFTs. So that's another use case of it where you're going to, in video games, you're now going to buy a weapon. You can then have that. That's yours now. And you can resell it. You can bring it to another game that's compatible. Ooh. Okay. Yep. It's okay. Like, and it's that's pretty cool. It's yours. And maybe one day it's some special golden gun that they only made 600 of. And maybe in 10 years it's worth $30,000. So is it kind of more like? Waiting game thing with the NFTs? Some of it is, some of it isn't. I mean, 2021 was a was a gold rush. You guys probably know about the Bored Apes. And there's other, you know, 
Cool Cats and Doodles and Pixel Vault. I mean, people like, you know, people were, are and still are like the Moonbirds that's happening right now. People in, you know, half a million dollars in three days on stuff like this. Like it's like there, it's a long game, but there's also crazy short-term gains happening. And it's just as easy to lose as it is to win. So I'm not saying everybody's going in and making a million dollars. You have to be a savvy trader. You have to, you know, think about what you're doing, be disciplined and all that. I'm not, nothing I give is financial advice at all. Just to be, just to be clear. I don't like to give financial advice because it is difficult. It's, you know, I've got, I got very lucky. I got in at the right time, but it's a lot of work. You got to really study and learn, but it's long-term, but it's also can be short-term too. Okay. So would you consider yourself more of a professional when it comes to NFTs? One of the go-to guys for it? I don't know if I'm one of the go-to guys, but you know, I have a podcast with Jennifer Suda, the NFT catcher podcast, and we've done 51 episodes now. And I've hosted a lot of Twitter spaces and clubhouses and spoken to all the who's who people. And it's, it's still kind of a small tight knit community. It's growing as it grows. So, I mean, I've like, I definitely have a lot of experience. I've been doing it for 14 months now, which doesn't sound like a long time, but it's longer than most people. And I've really had, I've been immersed hundred percent. That's the only thing I do is NFTs. I am a professional. Like, that's all I do. Okay. So as far as your podcast, is that mainly what people can like expect to hear, like information on, or is there other things? Where you're like where people could get information? Or just what like yeah. basically you yeah, your podcast. Yeah. So the podcast is so we do two a week. One of them is a weekly recap and we just go over all the different projects that are happening and what we like and what we've done and big news in the space. And then another one is an interview. So you have, you know, we have two a week. One's an interview. We just actually interviewed this guy, Franklin, yesterday. Really, really brilliant dude. He has 48 board apes. And he's just been flipping and flipping and just working. He's really smart at what he does. And so, you know, we, we interview really great people, founders of projects and friends of ours. And then the other one, like I said, is a recap episode. And if people are looking for more information, the Discord is really great. The NFT Catcher Discord. Our website, nftcatcher.io, is a calendar of all the upcoming drops, everything we can find across all the different platforms. And so there's, there's a lot of information out there. You know, most of the NFT action is happening on Twitter. So if you go to Twitter and search NFTs, that's where all like the OGs are and the real big Twitter community. I've actually uh, yeah, the NFT community is this big time on Twitter. There's lots of Twitter spaces happening all the time. If new people are getting in, go into Twitter spaces, search NFTs, and just find a room with a bunch of people and just listen. Just listen and listen and learn. And uh, there's this, this is a really good community. People are really helpful. And I know I've caught you, and that's how we met. Actually, I met you at the clubhouse when you were pretty much giving out knowledge on NFTs. So, that's right. That's right. And something that's big amongst the NFT community is the eight NFTs. So I wanted to know, because it's huge now, if I, me, a beginner NFT person, wanted to buy one of those eight NFTs, how much would I be looking? I mean, how much money would I be looking to spend? Yeah, the cheapest board ape at the moment is somewhere around $350,000. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, you know, that's not, that's not really realistic for most people. 
I bought mine at $2,000, believe it or not, back in May of last year. So that was a pretty nice investment. So how, how many of those do you have? Total? Just one. I have Just one ape and I have one mutant ape. So they, they, they gave everybody that had an ape a mutant ape. And those are also worth a nice amount of money. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they also gave out a dog, which I sold mine. And they gave out ape coin to everybody as well. There's now an ape coin which is okay. uh, it's going to be used for their ecosystem, for their land, their metaverse land. And that's actually an entry into the ecosystem. Those coins are like $16 a coin right now. Ooh. So when you get these NFTs, are you looking to flip them or did you keep them? Most of the time I flip them. And when I first started, when I first started last February, March, April, May, June, I was flipping everything. And really to the detriment of myself, because some of that stuff is worth a lot of money now that I gave up way back in the day. But however, you know, it is what it is. But so most of the time, I'm just kind of buying and selling. But there are lots of things that I buy because I really want to support the artist and I'm probably not going to sell it or things that I think the team is really building long term. There's a lot lot of projects. There's a difference. There's a lot of projects that have the ultra hype and they hype everybody up and they get it sold out and they sell and you can make some money. But then it just kind of dies out. And then there's some projects where the team is building something that's really interesting for whatever reason, something new, something unique. It could be music. It could be a metaverse. It could be, you know, this or that, whatever they're doing, a game, but they're building. And those are the ones sometimes you want to hold. So with the, I know you told me you got a, the ape, the what, it's Bored Ape? Yep, it's Bored Ape Yacht Club. Oh, okay, Bored Ape Yacht Club. Do you plan yep. on keeping that one like forever? Or do you plan on flipping that as well? I would like to keep it forever if I could. You know, we'll see what happens. You know, and, and who knows how who knows how high it'll go. Uh, to be honest with you, I think it'll probably end up a million dollars. One, I really, I really do. I think so. Here's the, the way the board apes work. It's board ape yacht club. They released. It's actually coming up on one year anniversary of when they released. The company is named Yuga Labs, and what they did is they dropped ten thousand of them, and they're all unique, different rarities. They have like different skins and different eyes. So there's 10,000, but every one of them is completely different. Uh, Mm -hmm. So so the one I have, nobody else has. And so it's kind of a scarcity thing. And I don't know if you've heard like all these athletes and entertainers that have been buying them. I mean, it's a who's who. Steph Curry, Eminem, Justin Bieber, Snoop Dogg. I mean, it's it's a real who's who of Madonna. What's the soccer player? uh, Oh, I can't think of Ronaldo. No, Ronaldo. Yeah, it's the, the the Portuguese guy. I don't know why I can't think. The real famous Portuguese guy that plays in he plays in England now. Jeez. Oh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's just like all kinds of, of really famous people that are it's just it's a thing to do and it's really just getting started. They're 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 doing a lot of really great things with the brand and all that. So we I know at one point when it first became big. I know a lot of people that would just screenshot it and use it. Is that illegal? Right. It's not illegal. Um, it's like taking a picture of the Mona Lisa or something like that. Like it's kind of, it's kind of a, you know, you can screenshot it and you can't sell it obviously. Cause that's not on the blockchain. You know, people are going to know that's not really the one, the right one to sell. And but it's not a problem in, in my eyes. Like it helps promote the brand. People learn about it. Another really cool thing that I didn't mention and this is actually another really cool thing about NFTs in general is with my ape, I actually own the commercial rights to it. 
So I can mm. license I can license it out. If there's a beer company that wants to put my ape on it, if there's a cannabis company that wants to sell, you know, like a weed strain, and a lot of people are doing this. There's there's a restaurant just opened up called Bored and Hungry in I think it's like Long Beach, California, and they use their apes as the mascot, and uh, they're crushing it. It's like a burger. That is. Oh wow! Yeah, crazy. Intriguing. Yes, guys. So that was something really revolutionary they did. They gave everybody the commercial when they bought their ape. They said, you can do whatever you want with it. Use it however you want. So people are making comic books. People are making, you know, there's all kinds of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. So for someone that's not already in NFTs, do you think it'd be too late for them to jump on the wave now because of how expensive they are? Not at all. Not at all. There's new ones being released all the time. There's new projects. The thing, it's definitely definitely not too late i mean there's a new swarm of people coming in constantly there are some things to be wary about you know it is an investment it can go up and down i can go up or down many of them go down i would almost honestly say most of them go down so you have to be you have to do some research first don't just go buy a bunch of stuff but do your research and learn and find your niche you know there's all kinds of different things to look at and all different kinds of ways to make money. There's also a lot of scams in this space, just like just like anywhere. But you do need to be really careful about scams. You know, if anybody's listening here and they're new and they want to join our Discord, you can, you know, you can go to nftcatcher.io and link into our Discord and ask questions. We're always happy to help. We have a great moderator in there and we're always, we're always in there chatting it up with people so if you come in there and you say hey i found this project does it look legit people tell you what they think of it and that kind of thing i don't want to scare anybody off with the scams but it's legit you do need to be careful you can't just go yeah that's true random links will nilly you know yeah links will get you yeah Yeah, that's true (laughs) yeah many people fall for them and it's a shame it's sometimes it's their first their first foray into the nft space and they get scammed you know out of five six Hundred, eight hundred bucks, thousand bucks, whatever it is, and they don't want to do it again. Yeah, I, I kill myself. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, it's not, it's not good. <laughs> so talking to you a lot, I, I do hear you say it's definitely an investment. It may, you know, rise and fall. It just yeah. Hit. I mean, basically, it sounds like stocks in a way. So, what would just what's the biggest difference between NFTs and stock? Because it's pretty much a hit or miss either way, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's. I would say with NFTs right now, you're, it's the gains are faster and bigger. Also, probably the losses are. But, you know, it's just being ahead of the curve is really the difference between stocks and NFTs. You know, you can invest in stocks. You can invest in cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency is a really highly, like everything you do in NFTs is done with cryptocurrency. I do mo- I'm mostly on the Ethereum blockchain. There's a few of them that, that sell NFTs, but. It's the same in the fact that it's an investment and it can go up and down, but it's different in the fact that it's this new world, this Web3 world, this decentralized, you know, quote unquote decentralized. Uh, it's debatable how decentralized everything really is, but that's the difference. For sure. It sounds interesting. Like, you know, I've always been interested. It's just, it seems very expensive as well. So, you know. Yeah, it can be. And then it, there's also, there's, there's cheaper free ones. There's there's people on TikTok that start with zero dollars and mint something for free and you know work their way up. There's all kinds of it doesn't it doesn't have to be expensive. 
So you mentioned cryptocurrency yeah, yeah. within NFTs. So could you explain to us how does that affect NFTs? Sure. So let's talk about the main, the board apes are on the Ethereum blockchain. And most of my work is on the Ethereum blockchain. So I'm going to talk about that. So basically, if you're going to be buying and selling NFTs, you're going to want what's called a MetaMask wallet. And that's a browser extension on your Chrome browser or your Brave browser. And that is your wallet that holds your cryptocurrency, that also holds your NFTs. And that wallet is it's basically your bank account, like your vault. So you deposit Ethereum into it. And from then you can buy an NFT and you have it in your MetaMask wallet. Then whenever you go to a website that's going to mint an NFT or that's going to display NFTs, you just connect your MetaMask wallet and the website knows what you have. And then if you want to take your MetaMask wallet to like a whole nother computer or a phone, you can log your wallet in there and uh, you will then have your NFTs and your cryptocurrency in that location as well. Yeah. <laughs> it says, yeah, it's a little bit confusing. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. That's okay. No, I appreciate like, it though. I appreciate it. <laughs> so like that's where everybody needs to start really is MetaMask. You get a MetaMask wallet and that's basically like your, I mean, it's, it's really everything. Like you, if anybody gets control of your MetaMask, they can wipe you out. So MetaMask is really everything. It's your wallet. It's where you hold your, your different tokens and all of your NFTs. So how would you go about getting a MetaMask wallet? Yep. You just, you go to metamask.io. It's M-E-T-A-M-A-S-K.io. And that's in a Chrome or Brave browser, whatever browser you use. And you want to be thousand percent sure you got the right, the right website. It is metamask.io and you download it and it'll create an extension on your Chrome browser. And then I usually pin it up there. So it's pinned and that's how you get it. And then you'll have your MetaMask. When you get your MetaMask, it's going to actually ask you to create the wallet for the first time. And it's going to give you a 12 word key phrase. And this part is actually really, really important. When you get that 12 word key phrase, you write it down maybe a couple times and you put it somewhere extremely safe and nobody can ever see it. You never type it. You don't take a screenshot of it. Those, that 12 digit phrase is your recovery phrase. So say your house burns down and you don't have your computer anymore. You can go to any other computer, input that phrase, and you'll have all your assets. You'll have access to all your assets. If anybody ever gets that phrase, they can have access to your assets. Yep. So basically in this, you know, decentralized world of NFTs and Web3, you're doing your own banking. So if someone steals your stuff, there's nobody to call. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's bad. There's what? actually, it's, that's actually a big problem. People have had their apes stolen. And it's nothing yeah. to do about nothing, it. Nothing you can do. That's tough. Yep. It's tough. Like, I also know that you're an Eagles fan. That's yeah, huge, huge Eagles fan. Huge Eagles yeah, fan. Forever, forever. So are you? Yeah, I'm an Eagles fan. Nice. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Go Eagles Birds. I, I, I was at the Super Bowl in 2000. I was a season ticket holder for many years. I was at the Super Bowl in 2018. I went to five NFC championship games, all the home ones. I went to the one in, in Arizona. I was at the Green Bay 4th and 27. 
I was at 1992 when we stopped Emmett Smith twice on fourth down. I've been that, diehard for sure. That's crazy. And I know that's been a bunch of great experiences for you. It has been. It has been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, mean, I love going to Eagles games. Love traveling for Eagles games. You know, whenever I, I usually try and go to at least one road game a year. And a big Sixers fan, the Sixers are going to be playing the Heat down here in the uh, second round coming up. You going to be attending those games? I'm going to go to at least one for sure. At least one. Okay, okay. Take a yeah, picture. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. And they also say, uh, I'm going off like stuff I've seen in like the bios and stuff I've heard about. You say you, tell, you, say you traveled to over 50 countries? Yeah, almost 50 countries. I've traveled to 40, 40 some countries. Yep. Oh, wow. I, yeah, I love to travel. It's a huge passion of mine. I'm actually, my family and I are going abroad for much of the summer. I've been all over Central and South America. I love traveling to South America. It started when I was 19 years old. I spent, I spent a month in Venezuela when I was 19. And just that started my love of travel. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Out of all the places you've been to, who has the best food? The best food, you know, Colombia's food is incredible. Japan's food, Japan takes, everything is like such high quality in Japan and they take such good care of their food. It's a whole different thing. But yeah, I mean, Argentina's got incredible food. Incredible. The best steaks you'll ever have. The the $10 filet mignons in Argentina are better than the the $500 ribeyes in Japan. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. In my opinion, in my opinion, I'll tell you. I know what you mean. That's cool. <laughs> I used to stay in South Korea when I was younger. You know? Yeah. And I loved it there. My parents were in the military. Well, my dad was in the military. And uh-huh. That was my favorite place that he was stationed, honestly. Yeah, that's cool. I would love to. I actually really would love to go to South Korea. I've never been there. You stayed in South Korea? You to Japan. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was in middle school. Learning things every day, man. Learning things every day. Yeah, it was down south. Okay. I thought it was whole Tristan, but hmm. I, don't, I don't know. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> 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 so, what would you say is your favorite place you visited? There's one town. It's called San Carlos de Bataloche, and it's in Patagonia in Argentina. And I was there in the summertime, which is January for them. So it was light until about 10 o'clock at night. It is, the town is so beautiful. And it's a lot of these Swiss people move there. So there's like all these chocolate shops and all the, it's just everywhere you go in that region is a different lake and a different mountain. It's spectacular there. I love, love Patagonia and San Carlos de I also love the country of Spain. I really enjoy traveling around Spain. I've been there twice now, spent a bunch of time, a bunch of different cities. The food there is impeccable as well. That's what's up. I gotta get like, start getting sample. And Spain, Spain's actually, Spain's actually really accessible. There's lots of times you can fly from New York City to Madrid or Barcelona for $200 round trip. And I'm not even joking. Yeah. You go, you go on Google flights, you fly right over there. It is, and it's, it's awesome. So do you have frequent traveler? Well, I do. The funny thing is when I was a ticket broker, I have, you know, I, I had almost a hundred credit cards that we would, oh yeah. And we, we would buy all the tickets on the credit cards. So I would get the points and travel for free. That's how I did a lot of my, that's how I did a lot of my traveling. 
That is smart. It was pretty, it was amazing. It was amazing. That is very smart. I missed that. I missed that about being a ticket bird. So why did why don't you just start back now that you know all the sporting events are starting back up? Well, because it's uh, NFTs is kind of easier. The uh, tickets you have to you have to transfer them, and there's a couple. There's actually I the the industries are very similar to me, and that's I was lucky when uh, I got into NFTs that I was prepared for the buying and selling and the flipping and the supply and demand in the market. And then NFTs have a couple advantages that tickets don't have. First off, NFTs everything is. 100% transparent. You can see what everybody's doing. You can see everything that's buyed, everything that's sold. If there's somebody that I think is really good at it, I can watch every move they make, that kind of thing. And also, NFTs don't expire like tickets. Tickets expire. You have to sell them, you know. If you don't sell it by the concert, they're worthless, obviously. Hmm. And NFTs, NFTs are forever, so you don't have that time constraint. So the reason I don't go back and do it Maybe I would think about it, you know, doing it on a small scale if I thought something was really good, but it's just, it's, it's not quite worth it for me at the moment. Interesting. So what's the most you've ever made of like a ticket sale, if you remember? Yeah. I mean, we did, uh, we did a, we did a bunch of world series, like in 2010, we were doing world series games in San Francisco with really good seats. And I don't remember exactly the most we made, but it was you know, it's thousands and thousands of dollars for sure. Mm. Yeah. Making kill enough uh send the tickets for sure, for sure. Yeah, the ticket business was fun. I did it for a long time for sure. I'm pretty sure you met some great people in that business too. Oh yeah, for sure. Definitely did. And I had a lot of amazing experiences, got to go to so many concerts and sporting events. I went to World Series in Colorado and Texas and Philly and Tampa. Obviously I went to the Super Bowl. I've been to NBA I was at NBA Finals Game 7, Heat Spurs. What? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, went to, I went to a ton of the... I was at Game 7, the Heat, the Pacers the one year. Like, I went to a lot of really big LeBron games when he was here in Miami. That's crazy. I know them tickets cost a fortune. Yeah, they did. You know what? We had season tickets. So for that Finals game, we had three season tickets. I sold two of them, made all the money back, and... Use the one. So I kind of went for free. So wait, wow. do you count for playoffs too? Yes, yeah, season tickets, they allow they allow you to purchase the playoffs. Oh, okay. The same seats, yep. That's what's up. Okay. Yeah. That's good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do want to move on. I'm, I don't want to cut you off or anything. Yeah, not I, no, no, no. I'm glad that you are sharing that with us. I'm, I don't know much about everything you were talking about but that just gave me a better outlook on things for sure cool. <laughs> happy, but, happy to provide it. but as you all know we do have an artist of the week every week on our episodes and this week our artist of the week is trigger j and trigger j is a rapper from dallas texas he was also on one of our interviews on bdgr on instagram so y'all can go ahead and check that out Go check that out. Yeah, go on and check it out on our Instagram page. And he'll give you a more more detail on what he's about and everything that he brings to the table. But other than that, he does have two projects on Apple Music that y'all can go ahead and check out. He has new music dropping this summer. So y'all stay tuned for that. His Instagram is at I am Trigger J. 
And his Snapchat is SugarJ underscore JB. So make sure y'all add him to stay tuned for his latest projects and everything that he brings. Please go tune into my boy. He got some great music. He's a great person. Really just a down-to-earth human being, man. I love his energy. I love his spirit. Please go tap in with his music. One and Done is my favorite project. So I win a lot of y'all boys about me, boys or girls about yes. me. Please go. Pablo. 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 For sure. Pablo. <laughs> so check out my boy. Please and thank you. Okay. So our instant reaction of the week. Like I said, last episode, this is something that we were bringing new to the table. Our instant reaction of this week is basically the Will Smith and Chris Rock situation, but not entirely the Chris Rock situation, but Will Smith and Jada Pickett Smith. So as you all may know, or y'all probably don't know, that if they do get a divorce, basically he'll have to give that to Jada, half of it to Jada, if he if they were to get a divorce under the Californian law. So his three hundred and fifty million dollar fortune, half of it will have to go to Jada. And I wanted to basically know y'all thoughts on that, because that is something that is a little bit. I don't know. Y'all tell me. I'm going to let Michael start with that. Michael, you married, right? I am married. I mean, I mean that, that's, got, that's a different story. I mean, they have kids. I guess their kids are almost grown now. I mean, I don't know if I can get into the, the minutia of all that. I mean, I know there's, there's really bad situations sometimes where people don't have kids and the one spouse is paying the other spouse you know, money forever. And when they're not, you know, they, they, they've been divorced longer than they've been together. Like that, that whole splitting, you know, it's, uh, I don't really know what to, I don't really know what to say, to be honest with you. It's a, like, it's, 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 it's it, oh, my bad. Okay. Yeah. No, no, I don't, I really don't have any, you know, I didn't really think I was going to talk about that necessarily. So like, I, you know, it's, I'm sure sometimes it's warranted, but a lot of times it's, it's kind of crazy. Especially in that case, you know, that's a lot of money. I would. That's I would, what I'm saying. They have lost their goddamn mind. Every inch of it. Because what? Half of $350 million? That's a lot of money. For I mean, and that's not to say Jada need it. Because, you know, Jada do her own little thing. She got her own stuff going on. She's in a couple of... Well, that's, that's the thing, right? There's, that's the argument. Like, if you're divorced and you're working, you know... I don't need person. I don't think she need it. Now is she gonna But it's saying under the law. Oh, under under the law, so she's just gonna automatically get it. I I I'm just saying it does say under California's law. Yeah, I think California law, if you're married and there's not like an agreement that I think it's just everything split. Yeah, so I feel like that goes back to knowing the law. And that's, my opinion. That's crazy. <laughs> she's getting half of his fortune. Just because they're getting a divorce, I understand if she needed help and she got maybe sixty million or a hundred million. But she's taking half of three hundred and fifty million. Come on now, and their kids are already grown. Yeah, it, it don't really make sense. I don't understand why she needs half because it's not Jada's broke. She still does stuff, so I'm pretty sure she still got a fifty million. But I mean, I guess I mean in Will Smith, his net worth is higher. 
I mean, okay, so I mean, if it is, and I feel like I said again, if you already knew going in and you knew the law, even just knowing you as yourself, I guess the success that you're going to be bringing and you're married, I just feel like even Jada could have, I mean, she could contribute in different ways, even vice versa. They could have contributed to his, his success, mental health. We got to think about that too. But I don't think he expected to get a divorce. I don't think. I mean, I get that. But still, you always knew if that ever were to come, this is what it is, according to what it says. You are right about that. I mean, I mean, what it says, like, if you always knew that that's what it was, then when the time comes, why are you acting crazy? It's vice versa. It should go both ways. I've never admitted, but in this case, you're right. You're absolutely Okay. You're right. I'm just saying it. But at the same time, you never know what's happening behind closed doors with their family, period. So you never know what's happening behind closed doors. Oh, boy. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You agree, but is there there a time where uh, if a woman is making more money than a man and they get a divorce? That the woman is having to split her settlement with the man? I'm sure. I've never heard of Wait, Nate. That's, 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 that's happened a lot. I mean, that's happened a lot, like, too. Celebrity-wise, you might not hear it, but don't I just act like that's never been the case. I've seen female breadwinners within a marriage. Or it don't even matter. Even if y'all are dating, it's starting out. Yo, girlfriend and boyfriend. I've definitely seen females as the brand. I only got one thing to say is before you get married, sign a prenup. Go ahead and get that out the way. Everybody don't sign prenups, though. I'm going to just leave it at that. I about to say, <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> the law is the law. Man, the law can kiss my ass. That's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> but that is a lot of money. Especially if you got your own thing going on. I'm just going ahead and go into the question segment that we have during our episodes. And I'm going to start with the first question. And the first question for you all is, can money truly buy happiness? Uh, I'm going to start off with this. And I'm going to say, well, we were just talking about literally probably five to ten minutes ago about traveling all around the country and stuff. <laughs> you can't do that without money. Michael, you're pretty happy, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, for sure. But it's it's definitely not all about money. I get that, you know, there's there's money helps, no doubt, but it's not a cure all. And there's lots of miserable people with lots of money. All uh, right. Know that there is for sure. Will Smith. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so and but there's a there's a saying that i heard recently and i wish i could remember who said it but they say money can buy happiness but you have to give it away okay i like that i like that yeah, yeah. really some of the richest people in the world are are miserable kill themselves so money helps but you have to be happy with yourself and within yourself some of those problems though the reason why they do it because they probably already had problems before the money came in. Money kind of just made it worse. Yeah, it could be. It could be. I agree with you though, wholeheartedly. Because money does help. I'll be honest to say, I've never met a homeless, happy person. Yeah. So, yeah, that, and homeless is one thing. That's like, that's <laughs> really, you know. <laughs> but there's lots of happy people that are, you know, 
that are working class and just getting by, but have a nice family. And yeah. there's lots of people that are really happy doing that. That's true. Yeah. And like you okay. said, I, just, I feel like it depends on your situation when it boils down to it. Yeah. Because even be born with money, you know, for years, grew up with money, they're young adults, but on the inside, they're unhappy because the things that they use money for or even were given as a kid, it didn't satisfy their needs on the inside. And then I feel like there's people that really are in debt. They have bills. They're making ends meet. They don't they don't find happiness outside anything that they do that pertains to them getting money to sit here and make ends meet or whatever. I feel like that does contribute to people being unhappy. And when money comes to play, that can help them out in a way. But I feel like it still just depends on within. So let me ask you a question, Sonia. If you get the lottery tomorrow, you're telling me you're not going to be happy? Yeah, I'll be happy. But that's the thing, though. I'm happy with myself. I mean, I'm happy, but that's the thing. I feel like at the end of the day, if you have money, you can have money. You can buy yourself all these things. But if you don't, if you're not happy within yourself, with just your life, the people around you, or I don't know anything, like money, money can't buy that happiness. I don't think it can buy you happiness, but it can make you a hell of a lot happier than what you was. Yes, it can, happiness. but... Right, like, right. All, all things like, being equal, yeah. Situation. But you know, there's a lot of people that's born with money. Like Michael was just saying, even celebrities. I mean, or, I mean, they got money, but a lot of people aren't. Saying, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> Nate, how you feel about it, my good brother? For real, for real, I feel like money, if you got money, yeah. Or if you come into a lump sum and you end up being rich forever. I feel like at the beginning, yeah, you're happy because you're spending all this shit. You got all this shit. But down the road, at, towards the end of the day, you're not going to be happy with yourself just because you got all this shit. So what? It was that short-term happiness. I want it. I got it. Now I'm bored of it. I want mm-hmm. something else. And once you got everything, what is what's left to get? You know what I mean? It just it just depends on the person. Bill Gates don't know a lot of people. <laughs> and he's pretty rich. What about Jeff Bezos? I think he donated his money, too. That man had too much to deal with. So nobody else had any? Okay. I guess nobody wants to see anything else. So our next question is, is college a scam? Mm, I'm in college, so I'm going to say no. It honestly just depends on what you major in. Well, is college overvalued? That's the other question. Is college overvalued? My opinion is yes. I feel like parents nowadays are just pushing their kids to go to college because they didn't go or just because they think it'll give them, set them up for a better life. But nowadays, our ho- or guest Michael, kids are making NFTs like 10-year-olds, 13-year-olds and sitting on millions of dollars without a college degree. Nowadays, you don't have to go to college to make ends meet or to make good money. It's all around us. It's on our phones. Like if we, we really want to do it and we're really about that grind, we can do it picking up our phone. But check me out. Everybody can't. Do that though. It takes long. Let these people fool you. Making an NFT ain't easy. Because if it was, everybody would do it. No, 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 no. I'm not saying it's for. I'm just saying a lot of parents are pushing all their kids when different kids. Uh, what if some kid? For me, my parents pushed me to go to college, but college isn't my thing. I don't want to go to college. I want to do something else 
and progress outside of college. Like 13-year-old kids, like I was saying, if they're making millions of dollars not going to college doing NFTs, let them do NFTs and keep making that money instead of trying to push them through something they don't want to do. But for the kids that want to go to college, to be doctors, to be stuff that you need to go to college for, by all means, let them go. Yeah, I agree. I told it. I see both ends of the spectrum on this one. Yeah, I mean, much of the time, I don't know if scam's the right word, but it's not worth it for people. And times are changing where you don't need a college degree to do a lot of things. You can learn a lot more without college. But like was said, if you want to be a doctor, uh, you are going to need to go to college, obviously. But there are a lot of people that go and college is way overpriced. That might be the scam of it. The amount they charge is is obscene. Yeah. I have a little, uh, one of my little cousins is going to the University of Miami. It's like 70000 a year. 70, like, huh? Yeah, I think so. Reality yeah. yeah, right. So it's like college is way overpriced and people are taking this debt and, and it really hurts. And, you know, they're majoring in stuff that they don't end up doing because, no, you know, it's really hard to know what you want to do, what you're going to end up doing, how the world goes, you know. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to, at this point, my kids are five and six, but I'm not going to shove them into college if it's not the right thing. Just because, you know, when I was coming up, there were all these stats out there, like high school graduates make this much money, college graduates make this much money. And every, it was just like the thing you kind of just were supposed to go to college, but it's not, it doesn't fit. It's not really like that anymore. If, if your parents are paying for it, go to college and have fun, you know, enjoy it, get an education. But if you're paying for it, you really should have a real plan about it. Not just, not just to get a degree. I don't know if it's, I guess it depends on what kind of job you're going for, what you're trying to do, really. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. There's uh, there's definitely a lot of people that get screwed over with this debt. Even people that get good, even people like teachers, they go to school and they rack up a hundred thousand dollars in debt or more. And it takes 15 years to pay off the debt. It's kind of wild. Exactly. <laughs> it just depends on what you major in. Like if you major in something like political science. I'm not picking on no one that goes like that has that has political science major. I just picked something off the top of my head. But what are you really gonna do with a political science major? Honestly. So it really just depends on what you're majoring in. Cause if you're doing something that you know the job field is very small in, more than likely you're probably not gonna be getting the job in it. And that's not to say you won't. But I'm saying, you know, you got to, you just got to be real wary of what you do and, you know, what are you going to school for? Because I ain't gonna lie, you can go to school to make a lot of connections. Honestly and truthfully, I've met a lot of people in college. So it has its perks and it has its lows. It just depends. Yep, it does. That's well said. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. But for this next question, I'm not sure if everybody can have an answer, but when it's all said and done, is marriage really worth all the stress? We go start with Michael on this one. <laughs> Ooh, you guys are getting into some uh, deep philosophical questions here. I like it. I mean, I'm happily married, three kids, you know, but overall, marriage is a, you know, it's a social norm and it's not really going great in society overall. Then you have all these money problems. Like, do you, does it need to be? It's nice to have a partner. What is the question? Is marriage worth all the stress? I mean, it's it's worth all the stress to have a partner. 
it's better to have, you know, loved and lost and never to have loved at all kind of thing, I think, maybe. Hey, Mike, I ain't gonna lie, man. Don't be sleeping. Don't, don't end up sleeping on the couch because of us, man. <laughs> we just don't have no trouble. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> I'm just saying for overall, you know, I'm happily married. I'm going to be married for forever. Sure. And, it, and marriage is really a beautiful thing if it's done right. It, it, yeah. And nothing is easy in life. Like my dad is in the marriage and they have their ups and they have their downs. But all in all, it's truly a beautiful thing when it's done right. I feel like my dad in his marriage is done the right way. He treats my stepmom as she should be treated. So, you know, I feel like if you have the right examples in front of you, then, yeah, I think it could be worth all the stress. Don't let these celebrities fool y'all. That, that, I don't know what they do. That's not it. You got to find somebody to know and pay attention to who you really know. And just, you know, look at the more common examples of marriage. I look at marriage. I'm like, you know what? Maybe marriage is worth it, you know? Because it's, it's truly a beautiful thing when it's done right. Yeah, that's true. I like too. Marriage is worth it, yes. But I feel like nowadays, people take marriage so lightly. They're just, oh, I like you. I feel a really strong connection to you. Let's get married. And then after that honeymoon phase, when their true colors start to show, it's, ah, uh, we made a mistake. Well, damn, wouldn't you have seen their true colors before y'all got married? <laughs> some people, some people... You can't hide, bro. Some people are good like that. I almost got caught slipping. Can't even count. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Oh, if y'all, y'all didn't hear about this one. So I was also, I used to be in the Air Force. But while I was going through my AIT, which if y'all don't know, you go, after you go through basic training, or not my AIT, my tech school. After you go through basic training, once you pick a career field, uh, they send you to what's called a tech school. And you'll go to learn whatever career field you're going into. But I ended up meeting this girl over there. And her first face was North Korea. And I came back home since I was guard. But we ended up talking about after her year was up in November, moving to Japan, starting a family, getting married, yada, yada, yada. But while she was over there, she was cheating on me. One of her friends told me and I was just, I'm glad that it's over for real, for real. And I ain't quite caught slipping because. If she was she, and then ain't no telling what she would have been doing. That's so. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> Everybody's so quiet. You know, it's pretty real. Life is back on. Life is. <laughs> I'm not laughing at the fact that they have. I'm just laughing because you. Damn. <laughs> that is crazy. But no, like, no, Tristan, like you said, I feel like role models do play a big part. It really does, especially with marriage. My parents, I've watched them growing up, for example. And as far as the question, is marriage really worth all the stress? Clearly, it didn't look like it because <laughs> we're in love. I really witnessed that growing up. And I really, that's something that I really appreciate to this day. I've never seen my parents sit here and argue, ever do anything that made me worry. And it made me really like, if I looked at definition of soulmates, I would see them in the def- in the dictionary, a picture of them. That's how I look at them. So that question, I don't even think of it like that at all, because I feel like you should know before you even get married. I mean, for sure. I think, you know, like I said, it, don't get me wrong, my, my stepdad, I mean, not my stepdad, goddamn, my stepmom and my uh, dad argue from time to time, but you know, it, it's they handle it the correct way and you know they they move past it and they move on they still travel you know they they travel mm-hmm. uh, you know good lovely couple they ugly 
Loving couple, you love to see it. I feel, you know, you should, instead of looking at these celebrity relationships, looking at your grandparents, you know, or cousins, whoever, I feel like they'll give you a better, realistic view of marriages. And even friends, shout out to my guy, Joselito and Miss Del Valle. They've been happily married for a while as well. Great, great, great influences on my life. They have a beautiful marriage. So, you know, just try to find positive examples instead of looking up to these celebrities all the time. And you'll, you'll be surprised what you find and what you figure out. So, yeah, I do think it's worth the stress. But don't let, don't let me fool y'all. Ain't nobody finna stress me out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel you. <laughs> but, yeah. Does anybody have any other input? That's it. Great. Well, I do want to thank Michael King for... Coming on to the podcast for real, for real. I do want to thank you for coming on. Like, <laughs> dropping. Oh, thank you guys. Yeah, this was fun. This was fun. Shout out. Knowledge for real. Shout out. Shout out. And if you want to promote anything as far as your social media accounts or anything else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, on Twitter, NF Ticket, like NFT, but NF Ticket. And on Apple and Spotify, we have the NFT Catcher podcast. So if anybody wants to listen and check out, here's some more info and get into that world, feel free. And I'm always happy to help. Okay. Yeah, man. Like I said, thank you again for coming on, Mr. Michael. I know you're a very busy individual. You have your own things going on. You have your own very, very, very successful podcast. I don't want to understate it because it's a very successful podcast. So, you know, thank you. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. It's been crazy. It's been really cool. Yeah, man. Yeah. The, I know you have those things going on, but, you know, it was truly an honor having you on this podcast, this little podcast we call Bad Decisions. Nah, this was great. This was great. Yeah. Say man. the name. I didn't mean to cut you off. Say the name. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool, yeah cool, cool. This little podcast, Bad Decisions. I also want to thank one of our new hosts, Nate. Nathaniel, whatever you go by, my boy. Shout out to you for coming on today. You know, it's always a good thing to have your homeboys involved. Shout out to y'all. Yes, ma'am. And also, make sure y'all follow us on Instagram and uh, Twitter. Instagram is bdgi.podcast and our Twitter is tbdgipodcast. We are still both Help us get to 600 followers before the end of the month. That's the goal. One day we're going to get to 20,000 and then we're going to have 50,000. You know, we're growing it up from the bottom. So help us get to our goal, please. You know what I'm saying? And also next week, we have a great guest coming on. His name is Cam. This is my guy. He is the owner, the creator of Chill 9 Clothing. So if y'all already follow us on Instagram, we do partnership stuff with Chill Nine. That's my guy. Me and Cam met. He actually hit me up one day. So he's a real down to earth guy. Pretty much like Michael. Down to earth, real humble. And he, you know, keep his head down and he do what he gotta do. He don't bother nobody. So I can't wait for y'all to meet Cam. I can't wait for him to come on here and talk about his clothing brand. Michael, thank you. Sing yet. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. For coming My pleasure. Thank y'all for tuning in to Season two, episode two slash episode 14 or 15. I think it might be our 15th episode, 15th or 16th, something like that. It's one of them episodes. But thank y'all for tuning in. 
we are slowly but surely getting back into the groove of things. As you see, we got missing yet. Gato here. He was pretty much a natural. So, yeah, thank you for tuning in and can't wait to see y'all next week. So, thank you. We out. We out.